I always used to give Owen Sheehan a good bit of grief for his power rankings. They aren't easy, Will. As a group, as players, we have not done one minute of video analysis of any team this year. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Brian O'Driscoll on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Good afternoon and welcome. It's Adrian with you this evening. Brian O'Driscoll, come on in. Hi, Adrian. How are you? I'm flying it. Not much to chat to you about. Yeah, it's been a... Well, it depends on what country you live in. It's been a quiet week, maybe. And on these shores, it's quiet. But I was on a production call at lunchtime and all the chat, obviously, was very much um, based around Eddie Jones, uh, Warren Gatland. I realise now that you're probably being sarcastic, but um, <laughs> I... Um, um, yeah, Yes. Should, should we start the show again? Yeah, let's let's take two. <laughs> uh, we don't we don't have that luxury. Um, it's a it's a mad week. It's been a mad week. Um, what's mm. the net result for us with the and, and like the Gatlin stuff nearly goes under the radar. There's so much coverage around Eddie Jones, but the net result for us, Brian, in terms of our uh, the possibility of us winning a Six Nations and more so a Rugby World Cup with um, Eddie Jones out and Gatlin in. Well, I don't know. It's really hard to call, isn't it? Like. Um, I think the way, let's start with Wales, first of all, I think from their perspective, they were, you know, they're in disarray. And and I think all of the murmurings, particularly from a lot of the ex-Welsh internationals that you know, I would have spoken to and listened to sound bites from, they would have been really concerned about the state of the game in Wales, not in the short term, but in the long term. Um, obviously, the run of... Uh, games that Wales have had over over November, um, the you know the loss to Georgia was you know was abysmal, was a real low point, and so you know a lot of them felt Pivac had to go, and, and I can understand that. Um, but then you know you're left with minimal options if you when you are replacing, and you know a year out from a World Cup, um, when you're in the middle of that cycle, you're, there's going to be relatively slim pickings, and. I can understand to a degree why they've gone back to tried and tested with Warren Gatland, but then other people will say, "Is that a regression? Did he did he not maximise you know Wales in his time with that group of players? And now is it not time for something fresh, for some new ideas to come in, a different way to play the game?" And and I guess the big thing is what's the evolution of Warren Gatland looking like because mm. I really don't think he has a similar group of players that he 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 got the most out of over his ten year tenure. Um, you know, it, it's a very, very different Welsh squad that he's picking up now. In, um, in you know, over the course of whatever you know, whatever length of contract he has, up to the World Cup and thereafter. So he, he's he's no Sean Edwards too. What backroom staff does he you know does he get? Does he have to hang on to some of the the current ones? Does he um, does he get to bring in his own? There's so many questions to be asked, and it's. Um, it's it's not a good place for Wales to be in because financially, you know, th- you know, three of the three of the regions are in massive, or well, are in big debt anyway. I think the Dragons are the only ones that aren't, but they're partly owned by the WRU, is is my understanding. So, mm. um, yeah, we're we're going to really see what Warren Gatland is made of. He, you know, he's every time every club he's gone to, he's done phenomenal. Our team he's gone to, he's done phenomenally well. So, um, 
what's he you know what's he going to do with this Welsh team now and his back and their backs are properly against the wall yeah and he's been a bit out of sight obviously over the last couple of years as well um, with the Chiefs and that was kind of rocky enough certainly for a period anyway um, I, I mean I guess there's an initial bounce when he comes back in right it's like this mythical figure coming back into the dressing room some of whom will have worked with him before many of whom won't and so you, you assume there's an initial bounce there it's just like what happens after that and what sort of I don't know what sort of style of rugby is, is it was a ball all over again has he has he evolved what do you expect well he's going to have to because I don't think he has the forwards I don't think he has the ball players I don't think he has the the personnel to be able to play you know an advantage line and and player and then working working teams around the, the corner you know if you look at that group of core players that he inherited in 08, right? He came, he picked them up at a great time because they'd just been dumped out of the World Cup, similarly to ourselves at the group stage in, in 07, and picked them up in, in 08. And you're, you're looking at young 20, 21-year-olds in, um, you know, Warburton, and Adam and Jones, Tipperick, um, you know, Jamie Roberts, uh, Dan Bigger, um, Halfpenny. These guys were just breaking onto the scene around that time. And so... You know, there's a there's a core Jonathan Davis, another one, core group of guys that then, you know, literally grew as a unit. They would have played underage together. Probably I can't remember how successful they might have been at under eighteen or, or under twenties, but very quickly they, they kind of pulled together as units, as combinations, and then Warren got the absolute maximum out of them. I think he 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 obviously is a very um, good motivator, um, whatever about the actual technical side of his coaching, which I think sometimes people feel is limited, but it's not having been coached by him at, he, um, at Lions. He's, he reads the game very well. Um, but then he played a particular brand that suited that core group of players because they were very effective at those respective roles. I, I just don't see it in the, in this new crop of players. I really don't. Um very hard to see that the, the guys that are going to be there for five and six years going forward. There's been a lot of change. Even Falatau, another guy, you know, I didn't even mention there, who's been an, a, an absolute, um, you know, tro- uh, a trooper and a trojan for him. So I, I really think that he's going to be, he's going to f- find it very, very difficult to turn this around in a positive way. But they're not rock bottom, but they're 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 in a low ebb, and so anything on on you know out of a out of a group stage into a quarter final with the opportunity of having one off huge performance in a quarter final against someone get to a semi final that would be phenomenal achievement from from Gats you know considering where we are with what is it, eleven months to go yeah and he does tend to punch against the odds what. Um... Just in terms of us playing, the Six Nations is a bit sort of secondary in a World Cup year, but what we have them first up. Bad timing for us? Um, no, I'm taking it. just that. depends. <laughs> I'm trying to think, well, how much time will they have together? How yeah. much, you know, they'll, they'll have a few days over Christmas. I, 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 I think maybe not because, yeah, you, you do get that bounce from coach we've seen in football the whole time where teams, you know, Villa after Gerard, you know, it was it a four four one victory? You know, they, the following week having been horrific. Went to pot you know, the week after just, that, but yeah, <laughs> did they okay? But but you get one week of bounce, yeah. right? So um, at least, but I, I suppose you you think of um, think of the need of organisation in rugby. It's a it's a it's a huge component of what you do. And if um, if you know if, if they're going to be limited, most teams get better over the course of a Six Nations, provided they don't have too many injuries. I think it's probably not a bad time to get them, uh, because he won't have been able to stamp his mark on on them properly. He'll um, he'll had, have had limited time with them, and albeit 
they'll be playing for their futures. Um, I just fancy the cohesive nature of Ireland w- should have too much um, in a in a game where you look at the two sides of where they are currently and where they should be in a month or two's time. You still would hope that we'll have too much because we're, we're much further down the track than them. But the psychology of rugby is huge. And, you know, the emotional component of getting yourself, getting your head right, playing with fear, playing with an energy, playing with an enthusiasm um, that, yes, as a professional, you should always have. But sometimes you feel more inspired. Sometimes you just are up for it a little bit more. And nothing like your old coach coming in and, and telling you you don't stand a chance against you know, potential Grand Slam team, potential or God forbid, you know, World Cup semi-finalists or finalists. Well, that's the motivation that Wales would absolutely love. So um, it's um, it's it's going to be an intriguing game. But I, I do feel as though that you still can't lose sight of the fact that it's it's about fluency. It's about tactics. It's about more than just the the emotional side. And it just feels that Ireland's game is is definitely in a in sync at the moment where you. you feel as though you cause too many problems for them. Yeah, on the tactical side, and you mentioned the backroom staff before, like as with any successful coaching ticket, as we'll find out with Leinster next year, uh, as to you know who's exactly responsible for all this success, there was obviously an awful lot of that that was tied in under the heady days of Gatland and Sean Edwards, um, and who who's not there at the minute, but is still talking about maybe coming back to Wales at some point down the track. What's your... Uh, What's your take on that? Is this a Gatlin gets exposed without Edwards situation or um, or, or not as simple as that? I, I think Sean Edwards is a huge component of their success in that period of time. You saw what he did at Wasps. You know what you see what he's doing currently at France. He's got them way more organized, really You know, having an appetite for defense that maybe we wouldn't have previously necessarily associated with French teams. So there's no doubt, and, and again, another guy that I've been coached under the Lions, he's he's so passionate about his defence. And when you go in, uh, you know, at Lions training, he, you know, Sean didn't really care what happened to the attack. He was just thrilled if his defence, um, you know, dominated in 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 training sessions. That like, it, as as the as the attack floundered, <laughs> he'd be going around high fiving all the defence team. You know, it was like, by the way, there's two parts to our game on Saturday. You know, you just have one component. But that's that's how he was. He just he prides himself on um, on on you know on being very difficult to beat, aggressive hard line speed, and that was um, all good successive sides are built. The foundations are built on strong defence and, and not conceding a lot of points. And Wales were very very good at that at a time when there was crazy you know there was crazy talk of playing hard up, playing up and in. You know, there's still a place for for it provided the players know exactly what they're doing. And we've seen it subsequently with South Africa and that line speed. We saw it with La Rochelle against Leinster in the in the European Cup final last year where they just suffocated them with you know suffocated their spend their space. They didn't give them um the options that you know they'd had over the course of the season. So you take space away from any players that like to play freely with you know with with multiple options, shut that down and all of a sudden you know those players um, can can look somewhat limited, and that's what what Sean Edwards did with his defensive system, um, and guys just bought into it, and that's what you need. You just need that cohesive nature of everyone pulling together and doing the same thing, not going off script, not defending individually, but defending as units. And um, and and so we'll we'll see. You know, I don't think. Um, 
Gethin Jenkins has the has the experience yet to be able to fully know what his shape looks like. You know, I'm sure he has an idea, but but doesn't have the air miles to be able to put it into practice like Sean had. So it's it's been a challenge for him. And um, and so what Warren Gatlin does and who he brings in is going to be absolutely key to them, um, you know, rebuilding the foundations that have kind of fallen in recent times. How th- those systems that you're talking about, so within the with both Wales and England in mind, how long does it take to put those systems, if there are new systems coming in, how long does it take to bed them in? Like, is that something? 11 and, that, and a half, 11 and a half months. <laughs> yeah, we take that. <laughs> like, we'd be... like, I don't know. It's it, like the, the great thing for, for these teams is that they've got a preseason together next year. Mm. You know, if, if they didn't have, you know, everyone will be finished. Um, hopefully the season, you know, I suppose the season in England still goes till June. They're going to have to have three weeks off. And then, so they will only have two months together properly, but two months is a long time to have preseason as as an international team because everyone is a bit sharper everyone you know understands the the prize in in a few months time and so i think everyone catches up so there could be a market leader there and then everybody has an ability to cap, catch up during that time where it's just it's time on the field time in the video analysis room time in meetings time in units just getting to know one another and that's why teams like argentina have reveled you know they struggled you know, in, in one-off games for years, but then in World Cup beginning in 99, um, 07, again in 15, you know, just time spent together, um, getting to understand, you know, a telepathy between different those different units and whatnot. So um, I feel as though there is an opportunity for them to catch up, but they, w- they will still be playing catch-up irrespective coming down the line because it's teams that have, you know, three years of work banked that they're now building on top of, whereas England and Wales will be, not come back to the drawing board, but they'll be looking at something quite different than what they've been playing in, in, in recent months. Paul Bennett on uh, YouTube here, one of our YouTube commenters, put, sent in a good question, which is um, right decision, wrong time in relation to Eddie Jones. And I'm sure he had that meeting on Monday. I'm sure he was making that point. Lads, this is a bad decision. Keep going. I taper into World Cups. This is what I do. You're making the wrong call. We'll never ultimately know. But what's your sense of whether um, about that one sort of right decision well, on time? Uh, all you can work on is murmurings and what you hear. And I think there's in any organization, irrespective of sport or business or anything, I think if retention is a huge thing, the, the enjoyment of individuals staying there and wanting to be in an environment. And if you look at the turnover of coaches alone, I think for me, that's alarm bells that they couldn't stay the course, that they couldn't do, couldn't stay with Eddie because the asks were too much or the environment, the create, you know, the, the space that they were working in wasn't enjoyable. And, and ultimately that's what we're all looking for is to, is for, you know, you get enjoyment in your family life, hopefully, and, and you get, you want to go in and, and not have to ch- check in, check out on, um, at work. Um, whereas, it felt as though in some of those cases that you know there were ultimatums put to certain individuals that they were i wouldn't bullying is a, is is probably on the harsh side but definitely pushed a bit of their collar on, from a work capacity you, you know, heard rumors of him calling in the middle of the night and the expectation of answering calls I'd, i had heard that steve borthwick had been getting calls down in the lions tour in 2017 when england were on on tour with Argentina, um, you know, and Eddie was asking him about certain line-out plays, about what they should do at the weekend. And I think it's 
like that's an unrealistic unrealistic expectation but also it's just it's just testing and what are you doing for actually growing relationships with some of your core workforce around you and and doing those things and i think you'll find over the course of the next six months that truths will start to leak out when players do interviews and and some will be loyal to eddie and others will be very relieved that it's over and i'm sure lots of players that are on the periphery you'll hear some pretty outspoken views as to uh, what they thought when they were in camp and how um you know enjoyment wasn't high on some of their um on their uh, on their spectrums um because it, it just wasn't uh, an environment that was kind of conducive to playing their best rugby and i think you have to also look at what the gallagher premiership has delivered in the last two years it's a really it's a really good league now i've been i've been calling some games and for years they were they kind of blew their own trumpet a small bit maybe before it's time and then and then i have to say in more recent times there's no doubt that it's a very very high standard league some great rugby and when that doesn't convert across mm. to international you've got to start scratching your head a little bit and, and and ask the questions why that is the case yeah so i i personally think that it's a it's a it's a good move because um because it, it felt as though net, I think there's a there's an opportunity to save it. Do I think England are going to win the World Cup? They can because they're still England. They can get it together. They've got a lot of players to to pick from. But I think it's 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 it was unlikely with Eddie, and it's probably still unlikely with Steve Borthwick or anyone else. But it's still England. They can still if you can get to a semi final, you can get to a final, and England can get to semi finals for sure. I heard um, Ellis Genge on the Good, the Bad and the Rugby last week and he was asked about that point that you were just making there about the like the mood in the camp, the old mood in the camp question. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, everything seems fine. I, I, I'm certainly not hearing this stuff that you're talking about, which, uh, what the hell else was he going to say? The man was still in the job. He's still playing for England. Like it's, it's a, you know, you, you, you have to put your best foot forward. <clears throat> you can never be seen to be the ones that are... Yeah, and and in the cases where you're outspoken, you know, you're gone from Eddie's squad. Yeah. That, like that, there's there's players with previous on that. You know, Danny Kerr is a good example of that, where he he said some things that that didn't land or register well with Eddie, and he and he was pretty much um, on the outside. And arguably, he's probably been Engle- you know England's best scrum half over the course of the last couple of seasons. Oh. You know, I remember look back to an instance in um, in 2004 where we knew that Gary Ella wasn't the coach for us. And, you know, the board of management at, at Leinster, I, 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 we kind of got the sense that they wanted us to do the dirty work right. for them and say that, you know, there was a lack of confidence or no vote of no confidence in Gary. But we were like, that's not our job. That's not our job. You just have to back the coach. And that's the responsibility of, of board members in that environment to realize that that's the case and they make the tough call. Whereas we were like, no, 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 everything's fine. Let's keep going. Everything's grand. And um and and so you will continue to always hear that as long as a coach is um, is still in, in a gig, still um, relevant to your selection and whatnot. But I do believe that you will find over the course of time when there's more separation that you'll get more home truths as to what was actually going on. And, and maybe um, maybe it seems extra dramatic that uh, the way I'm talking, but I, I I I kind of feel as though it's it's in the offing. Uh, were you um, obviously there's the famous Gatland Eddie stuff, and you were very young in your career at that point. But was there another any other point down the track where the suits came knocking Leinster or Ireland and said, "Listen, you know, when the brown stuff was hitting the fan at any point, which it can do, uh, what's your view on where we're going with this?" 
you got to explain that to me a little bit more. What, what, what do you mean, like, so was like there, suits coming to me personally? Yes, exactly. Uh, or, you know, in your role as a captain or, like, senior players. No, saying, I think it's always done. It's nearly always done through a coaching staff. They wouldn't, you know, what's the okay. benefit of them coming directly to you? Because as well, then, from a from an individual point of view, for, so for, in my case, you know, someone comes directly to me, the last thing they want to be is outed as coming directly to you and putting undue pressure, unnecessary pressure on you as a player that's just one of a number. So no, there, there wasn't, it, it was always as 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 a unit and, and, and going back, I wasn't captain of Leinster back in 04, Reggie Corrigan was, but I remember having team meetings and coming to decision going, we're, we're not the ones that are going to be making any call here. Yeah. It's our responsibility to dig in and just say, no, 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 the coach has our backing. But yet, sorry, publicly that was, but then privately, I'm sure, you know, we were able to go and say, listen, this this doesn't look as though it's going anywhere mm. and maybe we are looking for a change, but there was no way publicly we were going to go, yeah, you're, you're, you know, we should, we should move on. We just lost um, Matt Williams the year before. We'd had these number of years of, of kind of, capitulating at key times and we didn't have any position of strength to make a call like that anyway so you have to know your your place as well and you have to know the timing um of of where the perception of, of you is as a team and it'd be interesting to see what guys like I, i'd imagine guys like own farrell who he put an awful lot of time and faith into will say nothing because that's you know that's the sort of guy that own farrell is as well but there'll be other characters that definitely felt a little bit hard done by that now will find themselves making more England squad. Guys like Ben Earl, right, who play, has been playing brilliantly for Saracens but can't get into the England squad. It kind of, you scratch your head a little bit around those sort of selections. So guys like him, or even Ellis Gens, who doesn't seem to have much of a filter in what he says, and that's why he's he's interesting to listen to. Um, you know, will he ultimately come out and say, yeah, you know, was, I didn't have an awful lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's that's reasonable. And also, just on the overall point around that, it's sort of a slightly weird question. If you're asking the players, you sort of know the answer anyway, I guess would be the would be the point around that. What's your sense of where Eddie you goes? You do, but you want confirmation in it, Adrian, okay. at the same time. Like we're, we're all the same. Like Here, I'm talking about what I think, uh, but I don't know for sure. I'm, again, you talk about murmurings, rumours, but you want hard, hard facts. And the only ones you get that from is the players, those that have been there and in the environment. And then you can absolutely clarify what your original thoughts were on mm. something uh, versus speculation around um, you know, what, what a, a perception is of an environment. What's, what's your sense where Eddie goes from here? There's already uh, rumours this afternoon that he's been linked with some sort of consultancy role with Cast. Um, yeah, I don't so, know what the non-compete situation, whether it's England. I don't think there is, is one. I don't think, not? yeah, I saw something else saying that it doesn't look as though there's much of a, a non-compete in whatever severance package that he... Um, that that he, he managed uh, to procure, but like, I, I, again, I, I haven't seen. That's only been. I, I, listen, I saw that on 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 a Instagram site or one of the Ruby sites. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's gospel, but yeah. um, I don't know where Eddie goes from here. I think you know consultancies. You know, pr- I, I would imagine as a consultant, he could probably be very good, be very effective. Um, I just think. The other thing that people haven't really talked about, seven years is an awful long time to stay in an international gig. We had a similar situation with Joe and 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 it, it you know didn't pan out the way we wanted in 2019. Very hard to um, to come up with multiple different ways to play the game as an international coach because teams work you out a little bit more internationally than they do at club. 
and you have to have a continual um, evolution. And, and so if you are playing a similar style over a long period of time, it's, it, it's, I don't think it's going to necessarily end well. There's not too many coaches. Even Steve Hansen, who had huge success with, with, um, with being assistant coach in 2011 and then winning in 2015 and then in 2019, it, you know, not to say that it unraveled, but, you know, they, they didn't go and win the World Cup when they were hotly tipped to as well. So um, it's very hard for coaches in the long term to continually land on the markers of, of expectation, particularly in countries like South Africa, New Zealand, England. Mm. Uh, for England then, uh, word on them and where they go from here because obviously there's an interim position in place and then the uh, great expectation is that Steve Borthwick uh, walks into the gig. Um, obviously, one of the key factors in all of this was England been booed off the pitch in November. Uh, they're hardly going to be wowed, are they, by the type of rugby Steve Borthwick is going to bring if it is him? No, like if you look at the, at the kicking stats of Leicester comparatively to everyone else, like there was, there was, a, there was a stat early on in the season, um, I think in the first first day of the season, and they kicked the ball twice as much as any other team that that first day. So um, there's not much rugby played in your own half. Um, you, your nine want to be good box kickers. Your ten, you know, very good tactical kickers. Um, and so, and then your kick chase. You know, you you look at Kevin Sinfield. You know, it's a big aspect of rugby league. Your your kick is only as good as your chase. Well, you know, Leicester Chase was one of the best Saris. Were another team for years that built a game on the foundations of an excellent kick game um, and follow-up play and putting pressure on teams and getting turnovers and milking penalties. So Leicester have done that. Um, and so, yeah, you you wouldn't anticipate that, you know, Marcus Smith, for one, might be overly enamoured at the, at the prospect of someone like Borthwick coming in, having seen the style of Leicester's play over the course of the last uh, year or so, albeit a very successful style and a winning style. On, on top of that, is World Cup winning rugby? Is it about throwing it around? Is it about you know Fiji and sevens? Absolutely not. Think about the successful teams. You know, maybe Australia in '99 a bit more flash than any than you know many of the others, but a, a lot of it was bludgeoning. You know, look at the England team in in um, in '03. Same again, South Africa in '07. 11 New Zealand physical team maybe a little bit more you know skill comparatively to to the, to the previous sides I mentioned but again I suppose a good team in, in 15 and then South Africa again in 19 so World Cup winning rugby is actually England style it's just a matter of putting it into really good effect a good set piece a very good defense a good kick chase and then an occasional piece of magic and there's definitely so X-Factor players within the team. So they have the capabilities of, of winning World Cups. They've been in multi, you know, a couple of finals and they've won. won. Um, so, you know, maybe this is a style that will suit the England narrative or the, the England, it, not the England narrative, but the English, um, you know, skill set about where they've been very good in the past. But, you know, public opinion now expects more. And that's the thing. It depends on if you bow to that or not. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't suit them. And <laughs> they're all saying we should have kept Eddie. That'd be the uh, the uh, the ultimate outcome here. Uh, rugby and off the ball brought to you by Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Two more quick ones on this one before we get into the rugby. Uh, one of which is when all of this stuff has been playing out, there's been one man who's been sat back saying, you know, picking up the paper, listening to the radio, uh, soaking all this stuff up and sort of, you know, waiting for his moment to pounce. And uh, he's signed a new contract with La Rochelle. He's a net winner here. 
Yeah. Yeah, well, like I don't, I, I think it might have been Craig Doyle that mentioned on a on a show just out of nowhere on, on, on one of the BT shows months ago about the prospect of Ron O'Gara being English coach. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's everywhere. <laughs> and so it's done no harm whatsoever for um for his stock um, you know, rising for you know his credibility as a as a future international coach. And you have to remember that, you know, people talking about oh, it would be awful to see Raj. He couldn't, surely he couldn't be England coach. As a coach, you're capable of coaching anyone. Your your arch enemy, your um, you know, your um, most hated team as a player. There's still scope to actually coach them if they're a quality team and if the squad looks right and the numbers look good from you personally and you feel as though the potential growth. And that's the reality of the coaching world. You've got to get over your own personal feelings towards the team if other factors line up. And so, Rog, to coach England, you know, would he love that as much as Ireland? No. <laughs> but um, would he love Eddie's, Eddie Jones' salary? Yes. <laughs> it, and, wouldn't, it wouldn't, Brian. And, um, <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm sure his numbers haven't gone down on La Rochelle <laughs> over the course of the next four or five that'll years. Be the, uh, I'll be talking to him in the morning on OTVM. That'll be my first question. Brian O'Driscoll was wondering, um, the uh, the... The other one was a question here from uh, Jonathan on uh, YouTube saying, what do you make of the Scott Robertson rumours uh, to replace Lancaster at Leinster? Yeah, well, like... Oh, Bubbled I up over the last 24 that, hours. That's, that's, new, that's new to me. Um, I hear it and I like it. Um, because I, who knows what's going to happen with someone like Leo as well. Like is Leo, Leo's working off rolling one-year contracts as yeah. far as I know. Yeah. And... Um, and and so I haven't spoken to him. You know, Leo's pretty coy as well with kind of divulging things that you know he 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 may necessarily not have know himself what his plans are. But with losing Stewart, will he feel that he needs to prove that there's a lot more to the relationship? You know, in with him being able to develop a relationship with somebody else going forward, he's obviously been a huge part of bringing that group of players forwards. Um, and if he tags someone else into a coaching capacity, is Robertson going to do that and, and be a head coach under a director of rugby? I don't even know what Leo's official title is. So, like, like I think Robertson wants an international gig. He's not, he's not coming, he's not leaving the crusade. He's not leaving a good thing to come to another club side, I don't think. So, um, the fact that, that he said himself he wants to win. Hmm? Unless that Moolah is good. Yeah, yeah, and, and listen, it would be. I'm, I would imagine a you know a, a good coaching role in Europe would pay better than a good coaching role in in New Zealand. That's my understanding. Um, so, yeah, maybe I don't know. Is he motivated with that? He talked about winning the World Cup not with one team but with two teams. That's pretty. Um, that's pretty big talk. Um, but you got to try and find a team that's capable of winning the World Cup first and foremost. And you would have thought that was his name in the in in the conversation with uh for england you know he was over for that baba's game against the all blacks mm. coaching um did he talk to the powers that be you'd have to imagine there was probably a conversation had you know future proofing what 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 you know his coaching regime might look like and whatnot and in, in years to come so i think there's it's exciting all the speculation is great right Amazing. because um because 
even even if it doesn't come to fruition, at least these coaches get an extra few quid out of it at their end. Um, so someone's winning. Eddie's uh, Eddie's the only loser, not him and Wave Bivak. Everybody else is like. Uh, um, so look, it, it it does feel like uh, Scott Robertson or Steve Borthwick seems like such an unusual uh, choice to have to yeah, make. Yeah, um, it's a very different um, type of team that you're putting together. You think about the way the Crusaders have played and yeah. the ambition they play with versus. Less so with, with Leicester, but yet very effective from the, the current Premiership champion. So, you know, who are you to, to, to knock that style when it's when it's a winning style? I've got the uh, world's most amazing segue now from breakdancing to the uh, French rapper, who means that, uh, which means that, uh, Ras, I'm sorry, it was there, I had to take it. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Racing can't, uh, can't play their home game at the Defence uh, Arena this weekend. Uh, they're off to Le Havre um, a couple of hours away. So, um, I guess a good thing for Leinster when, the, when everything is said and done that it's not like the men that have a full attendance won't be as raucous they're out of their usual sort of stuff is it a net good result for Leinster? Yeah I think it is I think you know for anyone that's been there it's it's party time um, for everyone in the stadium um, you know behind one of the posts they have a little bar area where you can sit down and um, you know enjoy drinks pre and post game and nice. it's 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 an amazing it's, it's theatre it's rugby theatre and it's um, maybe it's the it's the future of how rugby goes, um, but it's 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 really fun, and so and they express themselves properly there. They they play fast and frenetic rugby and great rugby in La Défense. So to take them out of there, yeah, I think that is it's taking something away from them. Um, they're still at home, and I don't know how often they played in La Havre, but um, but you would have to think that the fan base won't be as big that. Um, they they won't be they won't know their stadium they won't know their surroundings and all those things all those aspects are factors in the overall performance from a subconscious point of view you might feel as though we're still at home but it's it's different um, and so you would think that it's going to aid Leinster in some shape or form but that's still a very tough place to go and play against a team that are going well in the top 14. What, uh, it, obviously still a big doubt about Sexton, we'll probably get that to you in the next little while. Uh, a juicy sort of Johnny Sexton v Finn Russell encounter would be nice but we might not see it. No, I, 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 again, we don't know um, with Johnny Sexton there's going to, again, there's there's talk of of a an in, an injury of some sort. So you know, if that is the case, you would have to think that Leinster and Ireland will be very very cautious all you know all of this year. Uh, he's got European cups um, in in his back pocket, and you'd have to think that Leinster will will should have enough to be able to get to the knockout stages without him, um, irrespective of what happens this weekend. But um, but yeah, that that is a Mount Watering prospect. Those two guys going against one another, potentially Finn Russell. You know, his last year in in Racing, talk of him going to Bath. Um, he's very very exciting. He's very good for them. He 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 just he plays like completely uninhibited, uninhibited. Um, and and that's the Finn Russell that we love. And he um and he's allowed to make mistakes because it feels like his mistakes are three to one on the on are, are one to three on his brilliant moments um and that's where they just put teams away where he just has these phenomenal magical kicks and passes and touches that create opportunities for um a, a really great backline so yeah those two against one another would be would be um exciting and 
might be one of the last times that we ever see those two playing against uh, against one another. So um, two two guys that play the game same but different, a um, little bit tighter, Johnny in in the way he plays, but yet two great visionaries of the game too. That's the uh, Saturday one o'clock uh, our time kickoff. It's live and off the ball as well on uh, Saturday afternoon. We've uh, sale Ulster Sunday one o'clock, uh, and then Munster Toulouse uh, Brian Sunday afternoon three fifteen. Just such a monster game uh, with everything that's gone on with them over the last year and everything that's gone on with Munster over the last uh, more recent history. Is it still too early in this regime? Do you think to expect much out of this, or should Munster fans be uh, be hopeful? No, because I, I think any time you're at home, you're in Thoman Park, it's going to, you know, you, irrespective of the opposition, you feel as though you've got a great chance. And, 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 you know, compared to four weeks ago, Munster are in a much better space. They've obviously um, had a really good victory against Edinburgh at the weekend, having gone 14 or 17 points down early on. So, you know, that that ability to, to not panic and bounce back, you know, they, they got the job done against Connacht before that, um, or um, they lost to, or they won't beat again, beat the emerging Springboks. So there are a couple of a couple of big victories for them, and and they mightn't have always been perfect performances, but um, but you're better off get building your confidence with some victories rather than close defeats when you're playing great. Um, and it just feels as though they're just beginning to turn the corner. This is going to be a long process, and watching how they played that game, I've only seen the first half an hour of the Edinburgh game at. At, at the weekend, like they're they're very much a work in progress. Their ball handling, their skill set, that's that's a process that's going to take two or three years. And they, if they're going to stick at it, if that's the game plan they want to play, these are guys that have not been bowlers before. That some of them are comfortable in possession, others look very uncertain, and that is just time on the field, time in matches of repetition, drills over and over again. And eventually all the lines of running, all the ability to throw no-look passes, um, the comfort of knowing people are going to be in in places without any communication. Those are all work-ons that come over a long period of time. So it feels as though they've got some good young players coming through and, and, and we'll see a better Munster in, in the next couple of years. But I think you, you, we shouldn't have huge expectations for them in Europe this year. Um, some of those players that are uh, coming through are coming back to fitness as well they're sort of getting to that position where they're nearly at full full availability particularly across the back three in the midfield so with that in mind hypothetically everybody's fit uh, Earls, Haley, Calvin Nash Shane Daly and Zebo for the back three and then between Scannell uh, Frisch and Fekitone midfield where are you going? Yeah um, obviously Conway is still out and for me he's he's a guy that's still um, get into their team because yeah. he's got a great strike rate. I don't know where he is on 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 his on his return to fitness. Assu- um, assuming he's fit, because that was a total miss. I'm I'm, I'm picking fit. him. I think I, to be honest with you, I'm I'm picking Haley at fullback because he's 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 the security that Munster have always relied upon. You go back to the to the Jared, not the Jared Payne, but um, Payne. Um, Sean Payne is Sean Payne back in the in the years when they were winning European Cups, certainly in 08. Um, I think he might have been he might have been full back for both you know, winning campaigns. Like again, maybe not necessarily a huge amount of flair, but very low error count, really good in the air, good kicker, good defender. You know, he, he just did his job. And I think um I think Haley is a really is a really nice player that probably hasn't gotten the credit that that he deserves. So I think from a security point of view, you can play a bit looser with wings if you have that solidity in, in the fifteen jersey. 
Uh, so I would pick him. I would be picking Conway. You got to go Earls. I don't know when I'm... Pardon? You got to go Earls. Yeah, I, I do. Like, I, I don't know when the time comes when I don't go Keith Earls. <laughs> like, I, I feel as though I'm, 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 I don't want to be, you know, uh, back to the future on it um, and, and kind of feel as though I'm stuck in the days that I know what he was capable of because I played against him, because I played with him. But I, I do think that, you know, what we've seen since before he got injured in, in, in recent months and, and years, he's been exceptional still. And he, he's, the, he, he reads the game the best of all of the wingers, I think. Um, and he's got a big work rate and he's a, an ability to beat people one-on-one. So I think it's that, that, that back three still picks itself with maybe a little bit of X factor in, in Zebo to come off the bench. If you're, if you're looking for something. And midfield. Yeah, I think they're really missing Farrell, to be honest with you. And and obviously he's been sat down for an extended period of time. We don't know for, for how long. Um, but I think you're probably looking at... Um, I don't know if, if the combination of Fekatoa and Frisch um, is going to work because Fekatoa probably prefers playing a bit more 13. Again, I don't know how much time Frisch has played at, at 12, but... Having watched him at 13, he's, he's, he's coming on. There's a good bit of confidence to him. So it, it feels a little bit like myself and Jonathan Davis in the Lions tour in 2013 when we were both out and out 13s. But yet we were the two left, left over, you know, through, mm. through a few injuries actually more than anything else to find a way of playing 12 and 13. I, I just wonder, can Fekatoa and, um, and Frisch do that um, while they, they wait on, on news of, of Chris Farrell. So um, I think probably that combination, I, I, you know, Scannell's been um, in and out of the team. I saw, you know, a little bit of the first 20 minutes. And I just, it's it's a bit up and down. Um, I think you need a little bit more, a little bit more creativity um, from from your centres when you've got a good back three to, to, to get ball to. So I think that, that combination was interesting to see what they do go for. You said it uh, might not be yeah Munster's season in Europe, but for this one, in a word, Munster or Toulouse? Uh, probably Toulouse, you know, because it, you look at where they are in in top fourteen. You look at the quality of their players. They're you know they're they're they've been very very consistent this year, um, and they still have you know one of the best players in the world at nine, and he's capable of controlling things brilliantly. So I I, I think it'll be quite a close game to be honest with you because it's Thelma Park. Um, and because Munster will be massively up for it and they, and they still have the capabilities, even though they mightn't have the squad, they still have the capabilities of delivering big performances at home in really impassioned games. So I, I think it will be close, but I do fancy Toulouse just to get the job done, just to sneak it. All right. The other one is uh, Connacht Falcons Challenge Cup, Saturday half five, to mention that. And there's plenty more coverage of that on, on other channels as well, uh, on OTB channels. One last one before we go. In the two minutes we've left, Brian, the RFU announced uh, today the €1 million Euro funding pot for the women's game. And it was off the back of the review. Um, they said the money is allocated towards facilities and pathways. It could always be more, and I'm sure there'll be some of that reaction. It could always be more. But another positive uh, building block on top of the pro contracts? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, there will be, you know, conversations saying oh well, why is it only a million and and I suppose there's arguments for both sides I think you you know the IRFU have to be very ca- um, careful that they don't overextend themselves too soon and then you know there's a retraction or a regression on on where this um, strategy over the next five years is is capable of going to so I guess again similarly what we were talking about earlier on it's, it's about building blocks it, it has a feel of 
of uh, the men's game probably in the in the mid to late 90s yes we did have european competition from 96 but the conversation around the interprovincials being the, the the big feeder for the international game trying to fix them in and around um international games to to allow for you know ease more ease, greater ease of of selection to understand you know who the players in real form are to to go on and play international honors that restructuring of the IAL is going to be all important from a grassroots and a development perspective. And I see there's, you know, they're talking of two pools of six and with relegation and, and promotion, which is all important to keep that competition level and, and have players playing at the level they're at. Um, so, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's you know, there's, there's definitely positive movements. I think Kevin Potts has been a, a huge advocate for the women's game since he's come into um, the IRFU in, in a CEO role, he sat down and listened to the media, them immediately and and, their, and tried to uh, alleviate their concerns and work with them. So I think without getting overly excited about things, I think there's there's there'll be a lot of happiness about where the progression is going, but an awful lot of work still to do. Yeah. All right. Well, there's barely a base we haven't touched. It was uh, it was quite the whirlwind tour over the last 40 minutes or so uh, and with some depth as well. Brian, excellent stuff. Thanks a million. No worries. I look forward to the lads editing my first minute, <laughs> not copying on to what you're saying. <laughs> Come on. Good luck. Cheers. Brian O'Driscoll on Off the Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Oh.